Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson, and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced, and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. Because when you feel uncomfortable, this is when you learn the most lessons. When you feel out of your depth, this is when you will learn the most lessons. And I think the minute that you've gone through it and you've walked through that quicksand and and that treacle to get to where you want to go and you sit and go, I'm really glad I did that. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Hayley Roberts. Hayley's the CEO of Distology, a cybersecurity distributor based in the northwest of the UK. Hayley began her career in sales and marketing before moving into the tech sector. Now eight years into her journey as a founder and CEO with three officers across Europe and a team of 60, Distology is growing quickly. Hayley joins us today to share her insight as a CEO and to share the challenges that she's facing and overcoming on a daily basis. Thank you for joining us, Hayley. It's great to have you with us. Great to be here. I'm looking forward to speaking with you. So can you tell us a little bit about your organisation, first of all, and what you're working towards, please? Yes. So, oh, okay. I hate it when I get asked this question, you know, because I am, because we work in tech and people want to conceptualise what we do. It's sometimes really hard to um, to explain, but I'll do my very best. So we are a cybersecurity distributor. So what that means is we distribute software to um, and services actually to um, resellers who mm-hmm. resell to business end users um, which sounds like a really long-winded convoluted process of getting product to market but it, there's a reason for that and that's ultimately scale we okay. all use software nowadays um, we have done for many years and we will continue to do so um, with the form of apps and other digital processes so ultimately there are lots and lots of, of software solutions coming to market and certainly within cybersecurity, which is where we specialize mm-hmm. um you can imagine innovation runs so very quickly but of course we have to think about the security around it you know what yeah. what vulnerabilities do we have so lots of um, companies coming into market we need to do lots of due diligence on which are the, the not just the best ones but the ones that are relevant now and uh, for the future um okay. and we represent some really interesting technology areas for our resellers to sell into our business end users. So that's what we do in a nutshell. Fantastic. And you're almost eight years in. So March? Eight years in. Yeah, yeah, first of April. Isn't it funny? Oh, is it? Um, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Full day. This is me. (laughs) Um, But but yeah, so uh, we we are almost eight years in. It just doesn't, it doesn't actually feel like eight years some days. And then other days it feels like 500 years. (laughs) But it just depends on what we're doing, I guess. I know that feeling. I know that feeling very well. So you are around fifty employees now? Uh, no, about sixty actually. Um, oh, yeah, wow. we've got three offices. So headquartered in um, salubrious Stockport. I shouldn't make a joke of actually. Stockport's great. It's up and coming, uh, which is just south of Manchester city centre. Um, and then we've got an office in Utrecht uh, that covers the Benelux. And then we also have an office in Berlin. Fantastic, fantastic. And so as a leader of that type of organisation of that size and you're growing really quickly, what kind of challenges are you up against at the minute? Oh, um, there are always challenges. I think I said mm-hmm. literally when we got on the call earlier that um, it's been a day of, of issues and good stuff, but that's life. Um, I uh, I think the biggest challenges for us um, come in different shapes. So um, one of the biggest challenges is is 
making sure that our resellers understand the nature of the products that we work with and how best they'll benefit their customers and how best to have conversations. And that's an ongoing challenge. Um, I think that, um, you know, cybersecurity can often be an afterthought. It's becoming less so. Um, mm -hmm. So we are still trying to fight our corner a little bit, certainly with business end users as to um, why this is an important product to use and, and how relevant that will be to their um, to their business moving forward, business, how business critical it is. Um, but, you know, a lot of the challenges that most businesses will be facing will be always to do with, with people, with mm -hmm. staffing, with, um, you know, with making sure that the culture is growing well. You know, we are a fast-growing business, and with that mm -hmm. comes problems. You know, it's not all wonderful. It's um, how do we retain this wonderful culture that we're building? How do we make yeah. sure that we keep people happy and that they are growing in their own roles? Um, and, you know, how do we find those good people for when we... Uh, for when we are growing and developing. Mm -hmm. So those are the kind of main challenges. And of course, on top of that, there's your macroeconomic factors, which we're all facing at the moment, which is cost of living rises and, yeah. um, you know, teetering on recession and all of the paranoia and propaganda that comes with all of that. Yeah, and all the uncertainty. I think the uncertainty mm -hmm. almost causes more problems than the actual impact. Yeah, do you know what? I was bought a book, and I know that you'll ask me this later, but I was bought a book about and called Embracing Uncertainty. It's a long time ago this book was written. Anyway, Embracing Uncertainty is is a daily is a daily thing we should do because yeah. nobody can predict the future. And the minute mm -hmm. that we can, well, we may as well not bother, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll sit there in our armchairs with our yeah. tea and biscuits. Um, but no, um, I think there is lots of uncertainty. You're right, but things do repeat themselves and things also do mm -hmm. happen for, for good reasons. So I think we've just got yeah. to kind of embrace that, actually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Someone described it as driving a, drive, trying to drive a Formula One car in the fog and the engine's on fire. <laughs> so what what a brilliant scenario that would be. <laughs> I mean, that's like my perfect weekend, <laughs> driving a fast car in the fog when something is on fire. <laughs> Ace. <laughs> I could walk in the park. No, exactly. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and so, so can you talk to us about your journey into leadership then? How did it happen? How did how did this evolve? Was it by design? Were you always going to lead your own Absolutely. Business? I had my life mapped out at the age of five. <laughs> no. Um, oh God, no. I mean I I'm a I'm a I'm a complete bag of failures and, and I will wear that as a proud badge all my life. But ultimately I I like anybody, went to school with the idea of I was fairly bright. I did well in my exams at GCSEs. And I thought, yeah, I know what I'm going to do. Everyone was saying, oh, you're really good at this. You're really good at that. Why don't you become this? Why don't you become that? So I was supposed to be a barrister by now. Um, and I tell this story a lot. And um, oh, clearly that's not worked out. Um, and um, But I cocked up my A-levels. Um, I didn't really study. I wasn't invested in it I, I I think at the age of sort of 16 17 sometimes you lose focus because it's mm -hmm. a rigidity about what you can study and I think you know we are not following our hearts we're not allowed to right because the yeah. educational system is quite rigid and for, mm -hmm. for understandable reasons but um so so I um so yeah so I didn't do didn't do law I ended up doing business at university instead um, mm -hmm. And then that led me into many different careers, really. So this is my fourth industry. So I worked in um, in new product development. I worked in publishing. I worked as a headhunter. Um, and um, and I think, um, generally speaking, um, the the thread, the common thread, was sales, sales and marketing, and yeah. um, and and relationship building. Actually, um, that was the pretty much the the common th theme. So um, so leadership wasn't necessarily something I said <clears throat> I want to be a leader. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I just was passionate about certain things and have been during my life. And I, and I, I you know, I would never have said, oh yes, I'm going to set up and run a, um, a cybersecurity district. I mean, what? Um, I would have had a severe word with myself when I was 16 if I'd have said that. Um, <laughs> how strange. Um, but, um, but I think the thing is, you become a leader by default when you're passionate about something because people yeah. will, you'll you'll create a vision and people will want to follow that vision. For me, a leader is not about it, it's, it's a sense of responsibility. It's not about telling people what they should do. Um, it mm-hmm. is showing people that whatever they're passionate about, they can achieve. And I believe anybody can do that. And I don't care whether that's being the best bin man in the world or whether that's being the best wait wait staff uh, person mm-hmm. in the world. Don't care. Just whatever you do, do it with passion and gusto. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so I suppose that's led me to be um, to be a good leader. I remember working in a jeweler's once. I told this story when I was about 17. And I was highly competitive with myself and others, I guess. I wanted to sell the most. And so we'd have yeah. a little printout at the end of the day who'd sold the most. And it was, and often it was me. And when it wasn't me, I was, I was mortified that I'd done something wrong. So it wasn't competition against them. I wanted to be the leader, but I wasn't hating anyone else who did it. I was like, oh my God, yeah. you put yourself down. How awful. Um, so yeah, clearly wasn't that hard on myself after I caught my A-levels up anyway. <laughs> Can't do much about that. <laughs> clearly running your own race though. In my own lane, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And so your word's not mine, but you describe yourself as a bag of failures. Yeah, it's great. If, if, well, the, the, so my next question is, if there was a blooper reel of your leadership career, what would be on there? What are the big mistakes that you're happy to share? Oh, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a very open book, by the way. I'm happy to share most things about my life because I don't think anybody has got, you know, well, we're all comfortable doing certain things, but uh, everyone cocks up in their life and... Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay yeah. too, because that's a learning curve. So, um, oh, wow. I mean, I could have, should have, you know, worked for IBM straight after uh, graduating. I didn't. I chose toiletries because I like free stuff and I kind of got it. Um, and, um, and, and I, you know, again, I, I think, I think I enjoyed that role, but it was, you know, it, it was, it was, it, it's tough to conceptualize what real business means when you just graduated. And, you know, I, I, and working in the different industries I've worked in, I've perhaps not given it time to find out what it was really about and give it my all. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not very patient. I mean, anybody who knows me really well will know I'm, I'm incredibly impatient. And whilst that's not a good thing, I also think that is a good thing on the basis that um, there's, it's about pace and energy. So, um, so I think I'm going to channel, I channel that. So I probably wasn't the most world's most patient person. So I was always like, when's going to be the next thing that really gives me something I want to get in, get my teeth into. So I probably didn't give things enough time. Um, and I wouldn't say, you know, failing as in, you know, falling off a cliff failing. I, I failed as in, I didn't give it, give myself enough time to work out what I really wanted to do. So I did it by okay. a falling motion into so many different things. Um, yeah. And that's, and that's what I mean. I didn't, I didn't get to the, upper echelons of a role in every industry I worked in and then went right now I'm going to make a conscious decision to move into another industry or that didn't happen I just went oh quick panic run (laughs) run in this direction no 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 run in this direction so um that's probably what I mean by that so that's kind of been my journey but I think doing what I'm doing for myself and finding and believing in the good that we can do as a business and the differences we can make is is actually helping hone my patience and um, and build the tenacity that I know I've got for, for mm-hmm. to move out this um, this career. 
Fantastic. And your your leadership style and your approach to leadership, where does that come from? Is that is that innate? Is it learnt? Where does it come from? Uh, I don't know really. You know, partly it's gut feel, right? Because I think <laughs> I think in the early days, and and I think some people still like this. There's a there's a veneer that people put on for the workplace, and there's a veneer that people and then you take that off, and then they're their real selves, right? And to a certain extent, we all have to have a professional demeanour. I can't keep swearing every five minutes, which I do in my normal life in the in the office because that would be very unprofessional. Um, oops. Um, but um, but I think that. Um, for me, it comes from gut feeling. It comes from knowing what not to do. It comes from learning how I've been taught or been treated before and how I would never want to be like that with other people. Um, I think it comes from listening a lot as well. And that's something I'm not very good at, but I'm learning to get better at that too. I think we, if you're driven and you're sort of in that mindset, sometimes sitting and listening and being patient is really tough. So I'm learning to do more of that and then adapting as I go. So I think it just comes from a lot of, a lot of lessons um, Mm -hmm. as well as an inherent desire to just be me and just know that being authentic and sometimes not doing the best and sometimes not making the right decisions is absolutely okay. Yeah, yeah. There's real power in it. People people see that and they respond to it and then they yeah. feel the, the ability to be more authentic, don't they, yeah, you yeah. are as a leader of the organisation. And yeah. and beyond that then, what you've shared already, is there advice that you would offer someone that was looking to follow in your footsteps or your 19-year-old self or your 20-year-old self? Is there advice that you'd offer to um, well, my footsteps, everyone's footsteps are individual, so I would never want mm-hmm. anyone to follow mine. <laughs> okay. um, I don't think I left anyone running so far, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but um, but I think that um, follow, your, follow your gut feeling even from an early age. And you know, if it doesn't feel mm-hmm. right, then, you know, chances are you're not going to want to do it. However, there's almost a contradictory tone to that. Push your comfort zone. Because mm-hmm. when you feel uncomfortable, this is when you learn the most lessons. Yeah. When you feel out of your depth, this is when you will learn the most lessons. And I think the minute that you've gone through it and you've walked through that quicksand and, you, and that treacle to get to where you want to go and you sit and go, I'm really glad I did that. Yeah. You know, and you will do that, even if it's been painful. I'm really glad because that taught me something. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that's what I'd say to anybody, that life isn't easy and neither should it be, right, at yeah. all. Um, the, the working world is not something that's prescriptive for any of us. We have to find it ourselves, but we need to make sure that we are educated on what possibilities are out there or just go and find the possibilities. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The answers are out there now, aren't they? I say to my daughter all the time, it's maybe not the best thing to say as a mother to a girl that's approaching teenage years, but the further you step out your comfort zone, the bigger it gets. Oh, no, I mean, I mean there's, there's a ton of research based on this, right? Um, but, you know, the more we stretch ourselves, the more we grow. It's when all of the, you know, it, it's about the messy middle and, and all the, the good stuff happens yeah. in the messy middle. And it's so true, you know, living and breathing it, it's so true. And no matter what's thrown at you, if you can learn from it, it's, it's so important. It's super yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. And and thinking about learning from individuals then, is there a leader, past or present, famous or otherwise, that stands out for you? Um, I get asked this a lot, you know, and um, I always struggle. Um, I like people who are really quite controversial um, because I think the, I think we get two choices when we go through the working life. You get to a certain level and you you either keep being rebellious and finding your feet or you conform. And... Um, I can't do conformity. And so that I wouldn't admire conformity because it's mm-hmm. it's insecurity. Um, 
I wouldn't say it's weakness, it's insecurity. And I think that, you know, we need to be bolder for change. Um, so I think people like Richard Branson has always been somebody I've admired. And I don't, I'm not close enough to know what he looked like as a leader, really. But from what I see on the outside, I think what he's done and how he's constantly kept evolving has been phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I watch and, and listen to a lot of Stephen Bartlett's podcasts. I think obviously he's phenomenal and what he's done. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I'm sure there's a mixed view of what of who he is and what he's done and isn't it all right for him blah 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 but he's had his own journey and i think what he's yeah. what he's doing is he's open to talking about other people's journeys and learning and i and, mm -hmm. I, and i'm really i'm really quite um i'm really quite uh, aligned to people who are constantly still learning but also keep it real we're all the same we're all human we all have the same yeah. ability to learn we just all have different drivers and different belief systems and that's okay too absolutely everyone's coming with different stories aren't they 100 yeah 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 and, and you mentioned the book previously i did that was one of the books yeah embracing uncertainty it's actually my, my it. one of my best friends bought me for christmas um and um and then i there's, there's there's a lot of business books i do read actually and there was one recently called um life is in the transitions um okay. about uh, again accepting change because everyone's got an individual story and that's important um and, and I listened to some audio books. I've just started Atomic Habits. That was recommended to me by somebody. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, all of these books are born out of people's personal experience and a, and a eureka mm -hmm. moment of, oh, shit, I can, I can kind of be me and that's all right. And yeah. also, yeah. there is nobody else dictating what my life should look like. It's all on me. So mm -hmm. that's, that, those are the books that I think, okay, good, this is validating the fact that I, sometimes I feel completely nuts or I'm like off on so many tangents or I'm, that's okay too, you know. So it's, it's yeah. that, you know, embracing ourselves, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the best leaders are those leaders that sort of take a little bit from everywhere. So you read a book and it resonates or you, you know, look at another leader and something they've done resonates. I think you have to almost be the filter of all the different influences that you have. Yeah. And I think also being a best leader is very subjective. So I might be mm -hmm. a best leader for my business, but I wouldn't be the best leader for a global private, I'm sorry, public company mm -hmm. um, that is a conformist organization. Yeah. That I'd have to sit there and take orders and have, you know, I was talking to somebody about that the other day, um, actually this morning about filling diaries and not being, um, you know, being too constrained by duty. Mm -hmm. might 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 inhibit creativity so i don't know yeah. but then somebody else would be great at that right because they're they're yeah. i don't know they're, they're they're more um organized i guess so so being the best yeah. leader is about being authentically yourself because you know the parameters of where you operate best what yes. charges your battery what drains your battery what um what gets you excited versus what what feels like duty because yeah. you know actually if you're feeling like you're doing things that are more dutiful and process driven and that doesn't fire you up people are mm -hmm. going to see that that's not inspirational mm -hmm. and I think as a leader you've got to inspire others yeah I think something in terms of the authenticity I, I came across something recently about flow and I found that I was sort of going away from the things that felt like flow because it didn't feel like I was really getting stuck in yeah it didn't feel like I was grafting and that's absolutely why did you feel like, like you're grafting it was a, but I don't know, I don't know. That was a, that was a revelation. Because we're taught, we have to get our head down. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's the story that I've clearly had been telling myself, but I should have been in flow the whole time. We're conditioned to believe that in the way the school systems are today. And, mm -hmm. like, you know, I could get on whole soapbox about that. But um, not because there's anything broken with it. Clearly there's not because every, all of our children are, are getting better and better grades every year because we've learned how to learn. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The teachers have learned how to teach in a way yeah. that means that we will, our kids will get better grades. Is that teaching us how to develop better in, in, in life? You could argue not, right? I'm not going to give my wholehearted opinion on this because you might bloop me out. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. <laughs> uh, but, but I do think that there are some things that we need to address and the different um, ways of learning, the different types of um, brains that are learning, such mm-hmm. as neurodiverse people. We really need to be aware of that because that's increasing, but the awareness is increasing. I think there's always yeah. been a huge amount of neurodiversity, but we've mm-hmm. cast people aside that have not necessarily hit that core standard. And mm-hmm. they are, they have superpowers that we need in businesses, in tech, for example, and other areas. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Not every child is, is school-shaped, someone used the, the term. Yeah, the yeah. And not ad- every adult is corporate company-shaped, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, and so you mentioned the things that energise you and get you excited. Yeah. What's going on in the business over the next six, nine, 12 months that is energising you? Oh, um, oh, lots of, always lots of change because change is good. And I love change. Change is my best friend. Um, and, uh, <laughs> madly, um, but yeah, so, so we're looking to grow, we're, we're looking to grow geographically. We're looking to grow, um, where we're at you know, or, organically and, um, uh, in the regions we operate already, um, you know, new technology areas, that's exciting. Um, you know, new growth plans, um, new people, um, you know, and also, me personally, I'm trying to do more with schools and um, and to educate the next generation on what careers look like in tech. So we're, yeah. we're hopefully going to launch things where we can actually bring in more graduates or apprentices into the business and actually um, get them around the whole organisation to find out and uh, and learn what it looks like in every department. Um, that's fun. And I know that other companies are doing that. I'm not suggesting we're pioneering, but it's really important that we all do it, actually. Mm-hmm. So, um, so those are the types of things that really fire me up. Um, and, and, and get me excited. And of course, I've got massive illusions of grandeur that I want to like be in every country and all that kind of stuff, which probably won't happen. But hey, you've got to have a dream, Why right? Not? Why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wish you the best of luck with that. I really enjoyed speaking with you. So thank you so much for making the time. You're very welcome. Very welcome.